welcome, one and all, to episode number 34 of the 10 Count Wrestling Podcast. We are coming to you on a dreary, rainy July 31st, 2019, from the Palace of Virtue. It is I, the man who got expelled from the old school, Chris Parcella, alongside my broadcast partner, the 10th wonder of the world, Justin Strem. Strummy, how are we doing today, my brother? We are doing good. We are doing great, actually. Uh, kind of quieter with just me and you here and without one or two of our illustrious guests. Mr. So. 305 Live is... Like a throwback. ...is fixing toilets. <laughs> Mr. Get Your Pen Ready is somewhere. I don't know. Caitlin might have him on lock and key. And the yeah. God of Hellfire is at the movies. So... Wow. This just like the two of us. School, like episode three. Yeah, but, you know, it, if ever there was a topic that there might be too much parody for... Right. It's this one. Today's topic is the worst 10 stables of all time, not named the Dungeon of Doom. We yes. wanted to make sure we kept that off the list. But before we got there, well, before we got there, before we get there, we got plenty to talk about. Yeah. This past, uh, not this weekend, the weekend before, we uh, we were hitting it up in style at the Lowell Memorial Auditorium alongside DJ Pullout and Lewis Insert nickname here, Cameron. Yeah. We're, we're going to get you one, Lewis. Yeah. I'll find one for you. How about Ring of Honor, Cameron? He hooked us up big time. Thank the, you, Lewis. The last man of honor. There we go. Yeah. Hey, I knew I'd find one. That's Lewis amazing. is the last man of honor. Hooking us up with some beautiful tickets to Ring of Honor's Mass Hysteria card. Yep. And boy, what a card was it. It opened up with the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match. The newly crowned 11-time tag team champions, Jay and Mark, the Briscoe brothers, mm. taking on the bouncers, Brian Malonis and the uh, Beer City Brawler. Good opener, I thought. The Briscoes retained. Yeah. Good heater. The The beer guys were funny. This is my first Ring of Honor show I ever went to, by the way. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, they do a couple little touches, like uh, every loser that <laughs> loses, the trainer comes out and puts an ice pack on their neck. The whole streamers thing, I had, I guess I had seen video of, but never internalized, so that was kind of cool to watch, too. Uh, this was a fun one. The guys come out from the crowd, the, the beer guys with the keg, um, and there's some big boys. Oh, yeah. But um, Brian yeah. Malonis, the, one of the uh, many young athletes to come out of Lowell, Massachusetts, and New England yeah. uh, Wrestling Academy. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, after the match, we had a little bit of a uh, little bit of a run-in. Mm. The teams are doing a toast of honor. You know, for those of you who've never seen Ring of Honor, they have a code of honor to make it more real, and you got to shake hands before and ever, after every match. Well, the Beer City Brawlers did a toast of honor. Lights go out, and all of a sudden, out come the Gorillas of Destiny, and um, they beat the shit out of the Briscoes, left them bleeding. Yeah. And uh, that they mentioned ladders, so a ladder war could be uh, uh, coming down the road for nice. the Briscoes and the Grills of Destiny pretty soon. Yeah, this I think this is the team that they beat the night before or whatever. Yes, they look like the they basically look like the Usos from what I can remember. They're um they're Haku's sons. That's right, the Tonga boys. That's right. So it, no, it was good story building. I enjoyed it. Next up, we had um, Christian Casanova. Taking yes. on the thrill ride, Jimmy, Jimmy Preston. Yes, DJ Pullout's number one 
wrestler. My DJ Poe loves the thrill ride, Jimmy Preston. Yeah, and he came out and cut a, a fun promo beforehand. Um, his manager's a pisser. His manager Preston. was great. I ate it up. It was the first time I'd seen his manager, and he was histrionics the entire match on the outside, selling like crazy. And you you have to... It's funny, I, I was listening to, to Jericho and David Arquette today, and they talked about how if you think you're selling enough, you, you're not in wrestling. It's like theater. You have to perform for the person in the last row, and this guy was performing for not only the guy in the last row, but for the people in the parking lot. Yeah, for real. Um, I thought it was a decent match. Uh, Casanova won with the sucker kick, which is a flying leg drop to the back of a hunched uh, wrestler. Yeah. Think um, think Booker T's axe kick, but off the top rope. Yeah. Um, that's basically cool. that move. Next up, we had the last real man of professional wrestling, Silas Young, um, taking on P.J. Black. For those of you who do not follow Ring of Honor, you may remember P.J. Black as Justin Gabriel yeah. of the Nexus and the Core fame, which we may be talking mm-hmm. about yeah, tonight. Decent match. Again, Silas Young defeated PJ Black via the misery. Yeah. Um, I'd like I'd like Silas Young uh, or Silas Young's nickname, so I was happy. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these... I feel like we're going to say the same thing for a lot of these matches. The Ring of Honor is thoroughly entertaining from beginning to end. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a lot of, this is a good match, that was a good match. Uh, we had a triple threat match. Tasha Steele's... Carissa Rivera and Angelina Love um, in a three-way dance for the number one contendership to the Women of Honor Championship belt. Um, Tasha Steele's won. I don't like triple threat matches. They're just they're too clustered. Someone's always you know yeah. rolling out to the outside. They always got to do the fucking Tower of Doom spot yeah. where someone's trying to do a superplex and then someone comes from underneath and does a power bomb while they're like. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah, it's pretty paint by numbers at, at this point and like we talked about selling, you know, the whole waiting outside the ring for minutes literally at, at times just stretches the believability factor. Yeah, I mean after the match they tried to do some more work. Velvet Sky hit the ring, sprayed Tasha in the face with hairspray, and then Angelina hit the Botox injection, which is an awesome name for a move if your gimmick is how hot you are. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, you know, the, the champion runs down to the ring, and then the lights go out. Maria Manic comes out, and well, just all sorts of shit happened. Yeah. It, uh, Sumi Sky, Sky yep. came out. It was a nice way to like reestablish the women's division, Yeah, but nothing to write home about. Yeah. Dragon Lee took on Kenny King. This was a fun, you know, this is a good high, high-paced high match. Um, fast-paced match, I should say. I really liked it. Kenny King defeated Dragon Lee uh, after hitting the Royal Flush. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, he was, um, Dragon Lee was, was pretty impressive in this. Yeah, I'd never seen him before. Yeah. before. Yeah. I remember my favorite time of watching Kenny King was when he was in a tag team with Addicted to Love, Rhett Titus. Mm. The thrust is a must. That's a good tagline. He used to uh, give hotel key cards to women in the front row. <laughs> Brilliant. Love Rhett Titus. Brilliant. Um, and then we got... What did we get after that? 
Right. Ring of Honor television title yeah. match. Eli Isom, I-S-O-M, against Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor was the um, defending champion in the match. Mm-hmm. This was such a good match. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I think this this might have been the match of the night, um, if you look back at it. Um, the, the, the crowd really picked up for this. So, um, And the crowd was... I guess disappointing for a Ring of Honor. I think it was the, the dead middle of summer. Um, yeah, it was Sunday night. It, the but, crowd was a little dead for yeah, most of the night. But but the, those that were there were loud, but it, it just didn't have uh, huge ticket sales. Um, and by the way, we we, uh, we each did a meet and greet. Before. Yes, we did. I paid to meet Dalton Castle, and we talked about the about Goose Island beer because that's what I was drinking at the time and we talked about the distribution of it and Budweiser buying it and that's what are you drinking there? <laughs> right. And he told me to say hi to one of the tag team guys and I can't remember. Flip Gordon. Flip. Say hi to Flip. Yeah. Said hey Flip. And that was about it and he touched my face. <laughs> yes he did. <laughs> I had the distinct pleasure of meeting the leader of or the CEO of Villain Enterprises Marty Skrull. Mm-hmm. Um I was wearing my Villain Club shirt. He thanked me for buying this shirt and let me hold the Villain Enterprises championship, and we took a good photo. Um, I didn't realize how small Marty was mm. until I stood next to him. Yeah. My six foot three, 215-pound frame. Right. I was like, shit, Marty's a little guy. But I'm a big – I love – Marty's one of my favorite wrestlers going today. And yeah. um, that leads to our next match, the Lifeblood. Mark Haskins and Bandito with Tracy Williams in their corner against Marty Skrull and PCO yes. with Flip Gordon in their corner. PCO, for those of you who are uninformed, <laughs> is the former Pierre Carl Olette of the Quebecers fame. He went on to become Pierre the Pirate. Then he and Jacques Rougeau went to WCW and became the amazing French Canadians. But now he's living a gimmick where he's kind of like a Frankenstein monster. Nothing really hurts him, and he's got half of his head shaved, and he's got his glass eye in. And I love him. <laughs> he was awesome. So he, um, early on in the match, I'm like, oh, they're protecting him. He'd tag him in, and PCO would go in for a minute tops, you know, maybe 30 seconds, like shorter than a hockey shift. And then in the second half of the match, all of a sudden, he just ran through the ring and then did the suicide dive outside the ring. Ended up doing the um, Spanish fly off the top Jeez. rope. The guy's 50-something years old. For those of you who don't know what the Spanish fly is, it's a top rope uh, backflipping rock bottom yes. is the best way to yeah to describe that move. Yes. 51-year-old. So. And they did the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, which, that's right. I mean, I, I know the Eiffel Tower might be a different act to other people, <laughs> but I think that's what the Quebecers used to call it. Oh, I forgot. PCO yeah. stands on the top rope. Marty grabs his hands, and he jumps and flips him onto the guy laying down on the floor. Um, yes, great that was, That's how the Quebecers used to finish people off. It was great. Um, Villain Enterprises win after Marty uh, does the finger snap. And then flip hit uh, flip hit somebody with an umbrella, mm-hmm. which is part of Marty's gimmick. And then we got to hear chicken wing yes. and beat it, and Bandito taps to Marty Skrull's chicken wing. 
Three reasons Marty is one of my favorite wrestlers. He comes to the ring wearing a plague-era bird mask. Mm -hmm. He comes to the ring with an umbrella, and he does the chicken wing. Yes. I love it. He's so old school, and he's the villain. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. Save it, Roman. He's not the guy. He's a villain. Yep. And I love that. It's different. Yes. And he's got a great look. Big fan of, Mar- of of Mr. Skrull. And he's a cool dude, which makes it even easier to root for him. Yeah. It's, it's funny, but doing the meet and greet, I think maybe I'm uh, sensitive to it because of my height, but I notice a lot of these guys, they're all well-built, right? They all work out like crazy, but they're all, you know, between tiny guys. my height and maybe 6'1". And I, I think that's a big difference, right? I mean, that, that just sells... Uh, for WWE in particular, um, you look at a guy like Drew McIntyre um, and, and all these other skyscrapers that are in just the same amount of shape, I would say, to lift probably just as much. Yeah. It, it makes a difference. It really does. I mean, and that's probably why a lot of these guys won't make it a lot higher than this. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with their skill set or their talent or their ability. Yeah. They're just, I mean... Even even AJ Styles, AJ Styles, who I'd say at his size is an anomaly for how well he does, yeah. he's 5'11". AJ's 5'11". Yeah. Adam Cole, baby, is six feet. Wow. You know, um, Marty, my main man Marty Skrull, is 5'9". Yeah. So if, if you look at AJ and think AJ's small, Marty's two inches shorter than that. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned Drew McIntyre. He's got to be Drew McIntyre is 6'5". 6'5", yeah. He's a big son of a bitch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, not to, not to uh, you know, be down on him. I thought they were all awesome, but it's just a it's just the reality of it, right? Yeah. I mean, Dal- Dalton Castle's 5'11". So, Dalton and AJ yes. are the same size. Mm-hmm. Does Dalton look Dalton. like the kind of guy that's going to be WWE champion? I love Dalton, but... Ouch. No, it's probably I don't, true. You know, it's probably it's, true. You know, maybe maybe in a couple of years when Triple H, the main our, my main man Triple H is in charge, but not right now. Yeah, yeah. But as you're saying, next up we so had Dalton Castle against took on Roosh. Roosh, not Rush. It's fucking spelled R U S H. That's Roosh. Oh, if you go man. see Alex Lifeson in the gang, they're not. Hello, we are Roosh. Yeah. It's Rush. And uh, I was so happy that. I was worried that Dalton Castle was going to be, you know, all entrance and gimmick to me. But I thought he was great in the ring. And most importantly, like I've said before on this show about Carmella and Roddy Piper and others, he sold the entire Oh, yeah, match. he really did. He's selling and he's yelling and he's complaining and he's, and he's funny and he's screaming at the crowd. It's... Um, it's becoming a dying art, sadly, including some of the biggest stars in WWE. Um, and I just loved it. Maybe I'm going to change my mind and say this was the match of the night in terms of storyline. and uh, Probably not the best worked match, but it was still pretty damn good. Um, Ended in disqualification yeah. when Dalton kicked him between the, the pipes. <laughs> See? Brilliant. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He threw a chair in his face. That's right. And he kicked him in the pipes. Yeah, or as you said, kicked him in the canaries. Right. It was awesome. 
And then in the main event, which I actually thought the main event was the mat of the night. Mat of the night. Match of the night. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gresham, the returning Alex Shelley, and Jay Lethal, uh-huh, uh-huh. versus The Kingdom. Right. The Kingdom, three three Massachusetts boys done well. Yeah. Um, well, three New England boys done yeah. well, I should say. Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion Matt Taven. Uh, TK, is it TK O'Reilly? I always say it wrong. Uh, TK Orion. Orion. I always want to say TK O'Reilly. TK Orion and Vinny Marsaglia. If I'm saying that wrong, Vinny, please don't kill me. Marsaglia. I'm a fan. I just don't know how you pronounce your name. You look like Rob Zombie, though. Yeah. Vinny looks hella like Rob Zombie, like Hellbelly Deluxe Rob Zombie. Vinny is from Warwick, Rhode Island. He's 33 years old. He's six feet. He's got good size, and I think he's going to be really successful. Yeah. He was actually trained by Spike Dudley and Mike Kanellis, former yeah. WWE 24-7 champion Mike Kanellis. Yes. TK O'Ryan is from Worcester. Nice. He's 29. He he's so fucking talented. He's twenty nine years old. He's six three two oh five. Yeah. So I mean, he looks like me, but with muscles. He'll get a look. He'll get a look. And then Matt Taven from Derry, New Hampshire. He's thirty four. He's six two two nineteen. So he's he'll get his shot. Um, yeah. And he's the current Ring of Honor World Champion. The three of them work great together. Um, they took the loss. Um, I believe. Uh, who tapped? Shelly Shelley, uh, got TK to tap with yeah. the Border City stretch. Right. I thought it was a solid main event. You know, a good way to go home. The faces yeah. went over. The champ didn't get beat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like a, like a standard like raw main event in terms of bookings. Um, I thought that it was very, that's very great well point. worked. Um, it was fun. It was fun. Lethal's great. I was. It was. Great to finally see him live. Uh-huh. Jonathan Gresham is like, uh, if you shrunk Apollo Crews even more. <laughs> that's that's a great way to put it. And, or, or like chubby Cedric Alexander. Yes. Yes. I mean, he might be the shortest one on the card. Um, he was a small dude. He might be even shorter than, than myself. But um, it was a fun match. Um, I thought, actually, the, the heels would go over because Taven's a somewhat recent champ. Yeah. Um, but... To have him not take the fall, you know, saves him. And then they gave a great speech afterwards thanking the Yeah, Shelly thanked everybody for coming, which is really cool. And then Taven got in the ring mm-hmm. and, you know, talked about how him and Orion and Masaglia and um, Malonis and yep. Bobby Cruz and a few others are all New England guys that are thriving. So it was really cool to Yeah, and they said that. that wrestling is hot right now, which is true. It certainly is. Uh, follow up on Jonathan Gresham. He is 31 years old. He was trained by Curtis Hughes. Oh yeah, he's five foot four. Ooh, ooh. So I don't know how. I mean, I wouldn't mess with him, but um, I'm taller than him actually. Taven's six two. And who said? Yeah. yeah, really. I think Taven might have said that Jonathan Gresham is his favorite wrestler. He did. If I remember. Um, no, Shelly said that. Shelly said that? Yeah, Alex Shelly said that. Taven was more about thank you for uh, supporting New England and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, Alex Shelly said uh, Jonathan Gresham is his favorite wrestler. Right. So that's high praise. Shelly's been at it for a long time. Yeah. It was fun. I, I guess 
the headline for me is uh, I I went in with really I don't want to say no expectations because that sounds bad, but I went in being like, all right, this will be fun, and walked away very impressed and would definitely want to go back next time they're around. So, yeah, they put, they put on such a the fun show. They the streamers it, it, and everything. Yeah, it's a fun show. Things. There's a lot of fan interaction. I'd say you're getting your dollars worth. I mean, oh, yeah. again, we got it hooked up, but you're getting your money's worth with a Ring of Honor show. Right. There's no in-ring promos that last half an hour. Right. It's three, three and a half hours of matches. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Ring of Honor. Uh, next week, we've got SummerSlam coming up. Uh, just go over the upcoming card real quick. As, an, as was announced last night, we've got Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. Mm. The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. AJ Styles versus Ricochet for the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor versus The Fiend. Or maybe Bray Wyatt will show up. I'm not sure. <laughs> Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. If Owen loses, he'll quit WWE. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Bailey versus Ember Moon for the Women's Championship on SmackDown. Becky Lynch versus Natalya for the Raw Women's Championship. And Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Decent card. Yeah. I don't know if it's a SummerSlam-level card. Yeah, it certainly has enough matches in terms of quantity to be a SummerSlam. <laughs> I can see them adding two or three more. Right. Because there's the 205 Live Championship, yep. and there's both sets of tag titles. They'll probably add Nakamura versus Muhammad Ali. Mustafa Ali. Yeah. So there's three or four matches that they could still yeah, add. Roman Reigns versus Mystery Man. Yep. You know, whoever, you know. Rumor has it it's Buddy Murphy, and if they're going to use, if they're going to, really? if Roman's going to put Buddy Murphy over, I take back everything bad I've ever said about Roman Reigns. Did I, wow. Because Buddy Murphy's fucking awesome. That would be out of nowhere, and I would love it. I heard people, now maybe you mentioned it and I missed it, but I heard Samoa Joe uh, being chanted during that. Oh yeah, I heard that. So that made sense to me. The Samoan thing is still right. They could they could rekindle that, which is why it won't be Samoa Joe. <laughs> I hope, I really hope not. I it, you know somebody like Buddy Murphy or um, who's your English buddy there, the uh, the NXT UK champ since oh Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn! <laughs> fucking love Pete Dunn. That would be fun. So I mean, Dunn would be fun. You set yeah. you set that rhyme up, yeah, and I took it right. Um, I I I both love and hate the Trish Stratus thing. Um, I'm sure that match will be rough, um, but I do I do think that the women's division needs a few more stars. So I'm fine with this being sort of a filler one for now. With Rousey out, um, some injuries, Banks gone right now. Um, I have no problem oh, with that. Fuck Sasha Banks. <laughs> I hope she never comes back. Yeah. I, oh, and we might get a women's tag title match added. I keep forgetting those belts even exist. Yeah. What a weird journey those belts are. Our have favorite been. ladies tag team, the Iconics, <laughs> against the Kabuki Warriors, could very well be added to SummerSlam. Yeah. And um, I think the Iconics would deserve that win because they haven't really defended them at all. Like, they need they need to be yeah. over as legit. But those belts, not, those belts aren't going to last. I, yeah, which would be a shame. But I... I don't know. This when I look through this card, um, the Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon actually gets gets me pretty excited. The rest of them, 
I'm not hyped up for any of it, really. You can take or leave the rest of it. Um, I mean, most of it we've seen a couple of times. Charlotte versus Trish will be cool because it's never happened. Yeah. The rest of it we've seen a couple of times. Yeah. Like, the rest of it seems pretty predictable to me. Um, not sure about the Miz and Ziggler, but the... I don't know. To me, everything else seems pretty... Pretty obvious, but I don't know. I could be wrong. But I, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm. I mean, uh, we're obviously going to be watching next yeah. Sunday. So, and when we, the other thing is, when we actually do the predictions, and when you, when it comes time to circle somebody's name, and then you compare it to what we guessed, we're actually our records are probably. I've got to be below five hundred. I don't know about you. We did well with Extreme Rules. Yeah, but other than that, we're not very good. So. <laughs> Well, that's fine. In hindsight, it's easy to say it was predictable. At the time, maybe not. I remember, I can't remember which pay-per-view it was, but Jerry, the god of Hellfire, and I were talking about how predictable the card was. Mm -hmm. And they went the other way on most of the matches. It might have been Fastlane. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this was nice. I think it was the one before Extreme Rules. Uh, I think it was Fast. Oh, Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. We were talking about how... What was that? No, what was the weird one in the middle of... Nowhere. It was like a... Uh, was it Fastlane? Stomping Grounds. Oh, yeah! That's what it was. That's what it was. Stomping Grounds was like, where the fuck did this one come from? Underrated pay-per-view with low attendance, but that was a fun one. Yeah. Um, since we mentioned it, let's... Stomping Grounds. It was in yeah. June. We had... Uh, Gulak... Yeah, Gulak, Nissan, Tazawa, Becky and Lacey... Owens and Zayn versus The New Day. Ricochet versus Joe. Brian and Rowan against Heavy Machinery. Um, Bailey versus Bliss. Roman versus Drew. Kofi versus Ziggler in a cage. And Rollins versus Corbin. Yeah, with Lacey as the referee. Yeah. That's right, yeah. That was a really good pay-per-view that went... It didn't go exactly how everyone thought it would in, in many cases. Like... I think we I think we said there was like two predictable matches on that, and yep. it was Seth over Corbin, yep. and Becky over Lacey. Everything else was like it go either fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, it's time. Yes. It's list time. Yes, 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 yes. So, top ten worst stables. I wasn't gonna open one, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. That was, I'm uh, working half a day tomorrow. You know, like when you offer somebody a beer, and then like two seconds later you turn around and you're like, "Do you want a beer?" And then they go, "Yep." Yeah. yeah, I was like, <laughs> "No," but then I remembered I'm only working half a day tomorrow. We're going to Iron Maiden. Oh yeah. Ten Count Wrestling is going to Iron Maiden yeah. tomorrow, and we're bringing the real heavy machinery. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, why not? I'm only working till noon. Hey, you know, I'm working a full day, but screw it. Yeah, well, that's what you get for being in. Finance and accounting and all that shit. I work in higher ed. Yeah, you know, tomorrow's the first of the month. Yep. By the way, shout out to the first lady of 10 Count Wrestling. It is a Yes, indeed. Today. Happy birthday to... Oh, man, I forget all the nicknames I had for her. Yeah, last our, our lady of Chernowskis or... However you say her last the first, name. The first lady of 10 Count Wrestling. The first lady of 10 Count Wrestling. Yes, uh, mother of Sid. <laughs> mother of Sid the Vicious. <laughs> Queen of... How do you say her last name? Chernowskis. Queen of Chernowskis. Queen of Latvia. Yeah, there we go. She can be the Queen of Latvia, too. I mean, Lithuania. Well, you gotta pick one. 
Both. Okay. It'll be like uh, ancient times when that was one giant thing. Pangea. Yeah. Well, let's go way back. Well, happy, <laughs> happy, happy seventeenth birthday. Happy seventeenth. Oh, oh, where man. did I go to jail? <laughs> ah, well, fine. We'll say eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Oh, yes, happy birthday, Stephanie. Yes, happy birthday. We can't wait to have I mean, you, you back on listen. the podcast. You won't listen. You're only marrying one of the hosts and you still won't listen. She'll listen eventually. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> so, funny story, when I was doing the Urkel um, podcast, which I, I haven't declared dead yet, by the way, but I had... We could watch the California, episode where they wrestled the Bushwhackers. I would have you on as the guest host that week and see if they do any damage. But um, I had Stephanie come out and record with me, and she... Uh, How drunk did she, she get? She, this was during the day, so she didn't get drunk. Let's just say she doesn't have a career in radio in her future. <laughs> she like It's funny, um, even with somebody who's your friend, or, you put a mic in front of their face, and they get like a little bit... It's, some, it's different. The yeah. first couple times you do it, it... I don't want to say it's intimidating. It's just our first different. our first couple like trying to get our rhythm down. Mm-hmm. So I can feel that. Well, hey, in ten months, she's not going to have a choice, right. and she's going to have to be on the wedding episode. Right. That's right, live streaming, live streaming, <laughs> Facebook Live <laughs> on like a Friday. It's afternoon. coming to you in May. Friday, May eighth. Lock it down. Friday, May eighth, two thousand twenty. Top 10 couples in pro wrestling history. From Providence, Rhode Island. We are... Oh, we're, we're going to pull out all the stops. The fat... The fat boys. That's not nice. <laughs> Heavy Machinery will be there. Mr. 305 Live. It'll be... I'll be two bottles of scotch into the night. So right. I have no responsibilities. Yeah. Show up the next morning dressed properly. Right. Fun fact, actually. Oh, I love fun facts. On our Save the Dates, which are going to go out any day now, on the bottom of it, it says, it doesn't matter how you get there, just get there. I love it. Can you name the event that they were talking about? That's a WWE pay-per-view. It is. Um, oh, shit. I want to I wanna say it's either a Royal Rumble or a SummerSlam. So, it's not. Actually. It's a big four. It, it's a big four, and it was said by Vince McMahon. It's I'll give you another hint. WrestleMania, because he wouldn't say it about Survivor Series. It's WrestleMania nine. It's actually seven, because they were trying to fill the Coliseum. That's right. And they were trying to get a hundred thousand people, and they showed the Bushwhackers walking down train tracks and they showed The Undertaker at his hearse and they showed That's Ted DiBiase in his Rolls Royce and many other modes of transportation as you can imagine that these gimmicks took to WrestleMania 7. That's of course, phenomenal. Then it ended up getting moved because... Because people were afraid. Safety reasons, but right. AKA ticket sales weren't that great. Um, safety <laughs> reasons. Was it really? I don't know. I, <laughs> I want to kayfabe it and say it was safety reasons. Because people were not happy yeah. that Sergeant Slaughter was sympathizing with Saddam Hussein. Like, people thought that was real. Yeah. It was 91, so people were, like, still kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeesh. I, I will give credit to Slaughter on this, though. They asked him to burn the American flag, and he was like, absolutely not. So he burned a Hulkamania flag right. instead, if you remember. 
It means the same. <laughs> Fucking do it. So Slaughter had his druthers, and then he had an immediate face turn to try to... Uh, I want my country back. Yes. Yes. I can't I can't yell too much today. i got to save it for tomorrow. Peter right. expects three hours of Paul Stanley, everybody. Oh. Hey, Peter. Yes. Dorothy right here, baby. <laughs> it's take-out wrestling. We're having so much fun. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to do that all day tomorrow. Get ready. I'm going to be doing that all night tomorrow. Paul Stanley is going to see Iron Maiden. Yes, he is. Roll to the hills. Yes. In high top shoes. <laughs> oh, well. All right. We're wasting people's time. Number 10. <laughs> Number 10 of the worst stables. That's right. Worst stables of all time, excluding the Dungeon of Doom. Of course. It's like our, our Bobby Heenan manager list where one, number one is so obvious you just have to uh, do do a bridesmaid list. Right. The original Nation of Domination. All right. That came in number eight for me. Okay. Excellent. Uh, they went through a few iterations and um, this the, the first one was Farouk, Clarence Mason, and... Some castoffs, as I listed it as, they were like actors and stuff. And um, this debuted on November seventeenth, nineteen ninety six, which is roughly four months after the NWO came out. And I just remember thinking, what a lame response to the NWO. Right. I don't know if, if that was the intent of it, but it certainly seemed like it to me at the time. And to me, to start on that note, I always thought the Nation of Domination was stupid. Even later on when it had The Rock and all those types of guys. But it just started on such a weak note that I, I thought it deserved to be on the list. Um, and then, we're actually going to talk about this on a few stables, I'm sure. All the, <laughs> I mean, granted, this is um, over 20 years ago now. But all like the racial undertones with it do not age well. Um, you know, they had the Muslim symbol hats and the Black Nation salute and all that stuff. And then it became... Oh, they were Black Panthers for sure. Yeah, exactly. And it, it just, um, as we'll talk about, at least with my list, I'm sure probably a couple on yours, um, it just it just became a theme. And then the other, the other thing I'll note about the Nation of Domination is this... It's a stable, but they started their their first feud was with one person, Ahmed Johnson. Johnson. And so a whole stable's going after one guy, which just inherently makes them look weak. Right. Oh, for sure. So it's like the alliance and Hulkamania. Right. Exactly. So I didn't like it. I mean, the the, the later versions were an improvement, but um, still wasn't a favorite of mine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they were number eight on my list. I actually. Considered the original nation to be Clarence Mason, Farouk, Crush, yeah. Savio Vega, and PG-13, who would wrap the entrance to the ring. Right. We are the nation of domination. We are the nation, alive and in color. Don't diss the man, because we'll bum-rush your mother. Yeah. Listen to what I'm saying. It's for real, not pray- playing. Farouk is the man. Hit your knees and start praying. Yeah. Power like the bear, be quick like the cat. Put two do, two and two together, put your face on the mat. You count the stars while the ref counts three. Hope you look like hope you like to look at ceilings, because that's all you're going to see. That rhyme scheme doesn't work. 
He's harder than a rock, and he can't be stopped. You stuck, you suck his step to the side, lest you want to get dropped. Boys from the hood are on the MIC, spitting out the lyrics. JC Ice and Wolfie D. Clarence Mason is the boss, crossing T's and dotting I's. He tells the truth, the whole truth. He never tells a lie. Nation of domination. Yeah. What the absolute fuck is that? I actually kind of like that. Don't diss the man who will bum, bum rush, rush your you. mother. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, I mean, that's just rude. But uh, I, per, I mean, I personally preferred the what I'll call the third iteration or the fourth iteration of the nation. Mm-hmm. Rock Owen, mm-hmm. Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, and Kama Mustafa. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's quite. That's a, a solid group. group. That's yeah. that's a group of of Hall of Famers yeah. right there. Right. And D'Lo Brown. Um, I love yeah. D'Lo, but he's not D- a Hall of Famer. Right. I like D'Lo too. Um, my number ten is the Union. Yes. Also known as the Union of People You Ought to Respect, son. Yeah. Also known as Up Yours. Honorable mention for me. Honorable mention. Um, it didn't last long, but it's just so fucking dumb and inside. Yeah. Like, they were the union. Why? Because there's wrestlers that wanted to start a union. And yeah. Vince is like, good luck. I won't hire you. Um, so it was two inside. And talk about, like, so it was outcasts from, so the corporation joined forces with the corporate ministry. Shane forced Vince out mm-hmm. and usurped power. And Shane had the corporate ministry. So Vince aligned himself with outcasts from the, the corporation. Ken Shamrock, the big show test in mankind, which, I'm sorry, four good to, four good to great talents there, but no thank you. Um, I mean, they carried, they carried two by fours to the ring as like a union thing. And yeah. I mean, it was just two inside. Vince... You know, a month later, joined up and was the greater power for the corporate ministry. Yeah, and it just it just fell apart. I I think it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I uh, you said it well. It's it's I don't know tacky and a bit like Vince has his little pet projects and his pet things that he hates too. Right. Um, and to do it for his own amusement. Um, ha ha! I got it. <laughs> yeah. You'll be the union. Cause fuck unions. Wait, like, come on, man. Up yours, unions. Yeah, and up yours. Like, really? Yeah. I mean, the acronym alone. It's like superhero in training. Yeah. Exactly. Give me a break. Exactly. Yep, it's a good one. Number nine. My number nine is the core. My number five. Wow. All yeah. right. Well, I'll. I'll throw it to you because I just talked about Nation of Domination. Okay. So, I mean, the core was an offshoot of the Nexus, mm-hmm. um, an offshoot of the new Nexus led by CM Punk, and it was Wade Barrett, Ezekiel Jackson, Heath Slater, and Justin Gabriel. Yeah. Like, it was part of the brand split, and I think it would yeah. be lower on my list if they, A, lasted longer, B, had more talent. Like, I think Ezekiel Jackson and Heath Slater both suck. And see yeah. if they feuded with the Nexus. They were a SmackDown stable that didn't even feud with the Nexus. I just thought, it, I mean, yeah, because of that's the why it's so high were, on my list, right? And and it was so short lived because of like what direction were they going to go in, right? Right. They it was disbanded by June of 2011. It, it came into 
came into play in January of 2011, so six right. months. Um, uh, I will disagree on Slater because I love him. <laughs> I mean, he's funny, but he <laughs> right kind of sucks. Ouch! But Ezekiel Jackson was was a prototype. I mean, th- he, that was some legit beef compared to some of these other groups that just didn't even have. Um, that kind of fire, firepower. And William right. Barrett, we talked about, um, great Intercontinental Champion. Talk about a wasted talent. Right. I love William right. Barrett. And they, um, the reason they made my list was, I mean, it's only four guys. It was so short-lived. Um, a couple of them questionable uh, talent, talent-wise. I did like the fact that they were, quote-unquote, leaderless. Um, you know, they're all for one type thing, which is different. Usually, there's a there's the head. But I mean, Wade Barrett was clearly yeah, the leader. He was clearly. Um, but then they feuded with the Big Show, so I'm sure Pete would have hated the core. In fact, job to the Big Show. Um, they did actually have the tag titles at one point, and Barrett had the IC titles, but but it, it came to a quick end shortly after WrestleMania 27 when they were squashed in under two minutes. By the Big Show, Kane, Kofi, Kingston, and Santino Morella. So, you know. That tells you all you need to know. Right. It was stomped out like a cigarette. So, that's why they're on the list. My number nine is NWO B-Team, a.k.a. NWO Black and White. So, after the finger poke of doom, the NWO split into two levels. Mm -hmm. There was NWO Elite, which... NWO Elite is the best form of the NWO ever. Hogan, Hall, Nash, Bischoff, Buff Blackwell, Scott Steiner, Lex Luger, Miss Elizabeth, and Disco Inferno. Um, that's a that's pretty damn. That's good. fucking tight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so NWO B team was Stevie Ray, the Giant, Kurt Henning. I'm sorry, Kurt. Oh. Vincent, Scott Norton, Brian Adams, and Horace Hogan. How fucking terrible is that? Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of served as, like, backup for NWO Elite. Yeah. But the fact that they had their own classification is fucking... They're terrible. Yeah. Um, my WCW blind spot showing through, I didn't have them. I, I, I mean, you could do a whole entry on just random offshoots of the NWO and different iterations of it. Yeah, you really uh, could. NWO 2000. Right. Which I actually like NWO 2000, even though it has Bret Hart. Ah, wow. Shout out Bret Hart. Yeah, so not on my list, but, I mean, you just stack up that list compared to... And you think of the NWO, the brand of the NWO in general, and how what an impact it had on the business, and then then you put those names next to it, and it just doesn't, uh, doesn't equate. Yeah, absolutely not. Eight. My number eight. Disciples of Apocalypse. They were my seven. Ah, all right. We're, we're pretty close here. So, so far, all three of yours have been on my list. Hmm. Interesting. I knew that WCW blind spot would get you. Yeah. Yeah. So, this was in June of 1997, and this was a spinoff of Nation of Domination. Yep. As Crush uh, left the ranks as the Nation of Domination got uh, blacker. That's a quote from Farouk, not from me. We gonna get blacker! Yes, that is... Dead! <laughs> um, and the rest of the group was Chains, a.k.a. the Fraud Undertaker, 
And the Hammers Brothers. Oh, AKA Primetime Brian Lee. He was fucking awesome in ECW. <laughs> okay. Like, damn. Again, again yes. I'll, Brian Lee is probably a better way to remember him, but I remember him as uh, the Undertaker. Purple Undertaker or whatever. Um, and then the Harris Brothers, Skull and Eight Ball. Um, and basically, they just look like four Hells Angels. Uh, four tough bastards. They, they are, actually. I mean, in terms of prototype talent and like size like we talked about earlier that you know this could have been something but the sad truth is none of the four really ever made it huge in wwe crushed it crushed it pretty well but um before yes exactly um but crush was their biggest name and then he left after only a couple months supposedly what i read in protest of the screw job he was mad he did go join the nwo yeah and then, so then Chains left, and as Trembley mentioned last week, I, I think any stable or cult that loses members is not much of a stable. And so Chains left, and then they just basically became a tag team, Skull and Eight Ball, who became the Disciples of Apocalypse. Um, they did have some custom motorcycles from uh, Tight Motorcycles, Ooh. which was pretty, that's probably the coolest thing about them. Uh, but then they had a couple low-budget feuds with the Nation of Domination, and then another... Racially motivated, motivated uh, group, which we'll talk about later. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, so, my number eight was the Nation of Domination. Mm. My number seven was the DOA. Okay. So, who's your so number seven? My number seven is, and uh, I'm showing my bias here, but the 2006 formation of Degeneration X. I knew it. <laughs> they were an honorable mention for me. I couldn't bring myself right to putting them on, but it. Go, I mean, go ahead. It was fucking terrible. Go I ahead. mean, it, my first line is stable of two people question mark, and they basically they, they're more of a tag team. They were a tag team, basically. You know what? That's going to be why they're not on my list. <laughs> DX two two thousand six was more of a tag team. There's only two of them. It was. It was. Although. The, Every chance they got to bring them back later, they would bring back, you know... Hornswoggle, Mike Tyson. Right, exactly. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. Um, yeah, it was terrible. I'm not going to disagree. It was fucking right. terrible. Right. And, and to me, it just seemed like um, a money grab to me, like selling the glow sticks at every event. And then they had the the, the, the talk of, oh, Vince loves Dick Abersall and Dick so-and-so, so Vince loves Dick's. And then they had the Vince Loves Rooster shirt, or Vince Loves Cock. And now, mind you, in 2006, uh, Shawn Michaels would have been 40 or 41. Triple H would have been 36 or 37. He just turned 50, so... Yeah. Uh, so my, is my math off? I 37? He, yeah, Triple H would have been 37-ish. And they're, they're crotch-chopping, and they dumped a porta party on the McMahons and the Spirit Squad, which, by the way, was their biggest... Feud, um, probably going to get mentioned later on. In fact, definitely going to get mentioned later on. How uh, dare you? <laughs> and I don't know. It just was. It, it just was not great. I don't disagree, <laughs> but I think the ten I picked are worse than yeah. O six DX. Okay. Um, so that was your number seven. That was my number seven. You covered my number seven. Okay. So your number six. My number six. Throw your hands in the air for the oddities. Whoa! 
Oh, we got a hand. I will throw my hand in the air. <laughs> We're going to talk about them All much right. later. All right. Um, my number six is also part of the racially charged gang warfare. Yeah. Oh. Las Bariquas? Yes. We'll talk about them. No, okay. Not too much longer, but... Okay, because we're doing what? Top, top three, three on Henry's? Yeah. Okay. So, we covered my number five. <laughs> Fuck me. Wow. So, who's and your number five? My number five. Oh, wait! Hardcore Halftime! Hardcore Did you come up with something? Halftime. I came up with a couple. Okay. We've got time. And I was... We can double down on Hardcore Halftime. We're going pretty quickly today. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot of these... Stables, mm-hmm. um, and we talk a lot about movies. So, do you have any stables within TV or movies that would make great stables? Okay. Oh, I like what you're saying here. Mm-hmm. So, top ten, like top three groups in TV or movies that would make great wrestling stables. Yeah. All right. Um, number one. Uh, oh, I want to. Oh, I really like this. <laughs> I I really fucking like this. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I tend to lean towards sport themed movies, but you know, uh, how about one? How about from the Predator? The whole stable that goes. Okay. Marine. Yeah. So. So Schwarzenegger, Weathers, yeah. uh, the guy Shane Black, Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. They they are they called the Predators? Sure. Okay. Jesse the Body. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> I haven't been on the show for a while. What the fuck is up with that? Yes. Is it because I'm an independent <laughs> and you're slaves to the two party system? <laughs> so the first one I came up with right away. Was Mike Detremont, Entremont, Walter White, Jesse Pinkman, mm. and their manager, Saul Goodman. Wow. That would be awesome. I, I don't know. They wouldn't now they wouldn't be able to be called Breaking Bad because that's a dumb stable name. Yeah. So I don't know what I would call them for a stable, but that would be Yeah. Oh, Goodman Enterprises. Yes. Yes. Better call Saul. All right. Goodman Enterprises! Uh, I would love to see something like, um, you know I'm a big Rocky fan. Yep. And I love how Rocky, after he fights an opponent, sort of, um, you know, brings him into his world. So yeah, Tommy Gunn. Right. Um, Carl Even, oh. uh, even um, Him and Drago kind of got along Drago, afterwards. Yeah. So I could see them, you know, you know, in a perfect world, everyone's still with us, uh, with Mickey being the manager and uh, Paulie being the the comedy. Yeah, that could be a good crew. Throwing turkeys out the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, I really like this. I want to think on this a little more. I don't want to move on yet. Um, I mean, the easy one is the Sopranos, but pfft. yeah, mob thing. I don't know if they ever fully did that in WWE. They tried with the FBI. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> the FBI! Yeah. Um, shit, I don't know if I can top my Breaking Bad one. How about uh, 
that's a good one. Because like Walter White would be the veteran. Well, Mike Entremont would be the you know the veteran. Yeah. You know Walter would be the nasty heel that you can't ever trust, and Pinkman would be like the young up and comer that's like I'm coming to get to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you what wouldn't work. Casey Jones and the Ninja Turtles because they tried to put the Ninja Turtles basically on TV yes, without calling them the Ninja Turtles. Yes, You've never did. seen that. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> Fucking James Owlsworth was one of them. That's right. Um, wow. See, I keep thinking of movies and I'm like, oh, wait, they already did that. Like, right. like the Wyatt family is, mm-hmm. you know, half Manson family, half Max Cady from uh, yeah. Cape Fear. Like, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's all those, like, stables that took on the world, and you can do the superhero ones and right. everything like that. So. so I think I'm only going to do one, and it's Goodman Enterprises. All right, all right. I really like that, and if I think of more, I mean, you know what, I might even post that as a as an exercise on the yeah on the Facebook page today. Yeah. Because that, that, really, that was really cool, and I've... And if I didn't fear dead air, I would just sit here and think about it for a while. <laughs> yeah. We should probably give us, like, I like thinking quickly about it, but we should probably just give each other a heads up so yeah. that we have three. For the second you said it, I was like, got one. Right, right, right. Got one. Unless it's something so blatant, you know. Yeah, like the Sopranos would be so, bl- oh, like, or like I was thinking if we didn't have a hardcore, hardcore halftime today, like top three underrated stables. Mm-hmm. Like stables that didn't really get enough right. juice, right. Um, or topical. Like we're going to a show tomorrow. What's your yeah. three favorite bands you've ever seen live? Is a different one. You know, Iron, Iron Maiden, Motley Crue, and fucking right. somebody else. So that's an easy one to. And Guns and Roses. Pick off the top of your head. Oh, Kiss! <laughs> Don't leave me off your list, baby. Never seen Kiss live. You never seen Kiss? Well, it's too late, sucker. We're on a farewell tour. Leg number one. Last time I checked, I got two legs, baby. <laughs> that was for you, Pete. They will do. They will tour until until one of them dies. After we're gone. Well, my buddy John. I'm sorry, folks, getting off topic. My buddy John, friend of the show, John Sinelli. He doesn't like wrestling, but he's a friend, so he's a friend of the show, and he supports the show. Um, oh boy, John. He and I went to see Kiss together because nobody else wanted to go. I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. You guys will go see Three Doors Down, Kiss. but you won't go see fucking Kiss's right. Farewell Tour. But John had a great idea. John believes that Paul and Gene are going to, like, franchise out Kiss. Mm. And, like, four guys will go on tour in the makeup and sing the songs as Kiss. But it won't just it just won't be the original guys. Right. Like Cats. How long have they been fucking doing Cats? <laughs> well, On Broadway. I will say that Paul and Gene are smart businessmen. And they know how to generate revenue. They certainly do. So I would be shocked. Uh, I mean, our great grandkids will be going to Kiss concerts. So I think that's it's, uh, it makes complete sense. It certainly does. Yeah. All right. Your number five. Number five. We just talked about them and related to the DX. The Spirit Squad. Fuck you. And I love the Spirit Squad. I actually, as I was writing this up. I was like so torn about this because I love the Spirit Squad too, but the damage it did to the careers of four out of the five of these guys was irreparable. You know what? Three out of the five, maybe. 
because there was some talent there. I I don't disagree. I think I think a lot of those guys are very talented. Right. Um, Kenny, Nikki, Mikey, Johnny, and Mitch, who must be well endowed. Um, oh boy, Mitch. <laughs> Get it, Mitch. Time, any man named Mitch. So, what I liked about them was that Vince kind of aligned with them, and then they would go and do uh, derogatory chants against everybody, including Shawn Michaels, by the way. Um, this was, you know, shortly after the or before the Shawn Michaels and God team up versus the McMahons. No, they did lead to the DX reunion, so I can see why some people would not like them. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> they were actually a big part of Raw in 2006. I got to give them that. They were like they were aligned with the McMahons, as I said. They ended up with the tag team titles, which they used the Freebird rule, and but with five guys instead of yeah three. Hell yeah. Um, so, but the male cheerleader thing was turned out to be very squashable, and and that's why it's it's on the list. Um, you know, we, we mentioned Triple H and. Um, John Michaels completely sweeping them at SummerSlam or Survivor Series, whatever it was. Um, and then, you know, Kenny has been sort of on the independent scene since. We know about Nikki Dolph Ziggler. He's done just fine for himself. He certainly has. And so Kenny, Kenny's fucking career was ruined, allegedly, right, right. was ruined by John Cena. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say allegedly because... If somebody listens to it, I don't want to get sued. Right. Um, yeah. That, I mean, the other thing is, they're all banging each other, as Pete once said on the show. And um, it's surprising to me that he's never really got another look. And maybe there's other things at work. It's not just this. They gimmick. did come back for a short time. Him and Mikey! Mikey! Mike Mondo. In 2016, yep. in a feud with, uh, with Ziggles. Right. Right. But there's other things um, that sort of that did them in. I mean, if you remember, all all the members took turns losing to Ric Flair at one point. Yep. This is when Flair was um, on his way know, out. He was the he was farewell tour. Yeah, they they lost the titles. Kenny and Mikey lost the titles to Flair and Piper. Who uh, I mean, you know, the, those guys were well into their fifties. They all went back to OVW because. They needed to be repackaged, obviously, but only Nikki made it back. A lot of them are still making indie appearances. Uh, Mitch, uh, oh, Mitch went 0-1 in, in, his, in his MMA career, though he did date Tori Wilson for a bit, which might prove... Oh, Mitch! <laughs> might prove Pete's Mitch um, hypothesis. And then Johnny Jeter, shout out to him. He just recently returned to the ring after... Going back, leaving the Spirit Squad to go get an accounting degree. Um, he's going to be busy tomorrow. He's going to be busy. It is the first of the month. So, I don't know. It just... It, it was very... Um, it, it was almost too cartoonish, right? And although I love certain aspects of it, the the damage done was was not was pretty solid. I love every minute of the Spirit Squad. <laughs> First of all, what's more obnoxious than a male cheerleader? I, hey, it's so it's true. They, you know, they would do the trampoline entrance into the ring, which I loved. Yeah, <laughs> their cheers were terrible. Yeah, which is part of the magic. 
It's why Elias is... Yeah. Elias doesn't suck at the guitar, which is the one bad thing about his character. Like, yeah. he's a heel that can actually sing. It's like, oh, he's supposed to suck. Right. Like, their cheers were terrible. Yeah, they couldn't line up together. They, everything was bad. Ready? Okay. Yeah, they couldn't get it right. It was fucking great. They, their finish, when they would do the, the fucking throw the guy, uh, yeah. they would all grab a limb. Yeah. Pick the guy up, throw him up in the air, and then slam him down. And then Kenny would do the best guillotine leg drop that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree. Okay. Nick's one fight that he lost, or Mitch, excuse me, real name Nick Mitchell. He was 0-1. He lost to Derek Lewis. who Derek Lewis has a professional MMA record of 21-7. Wow. Um, most recently, losing to uh, Junior Dos Santos back in March on fight night. So oh, wow. he's still fighting. It's not like, yeah, who yeah. the fuck beat CM Punk? Um, this guy is a legit, you know, he's fought um, Travis Brown, wow. uh, Mark Hunt, you know, Alexander Vol- Volkov, Daniel Cormier. So he fought a legit guy. Um, it was the first fight for both of them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. who knows what would have happened if Nick stuck with it. Yeah. Um, obviously Dolph did what he did. Kenny and Mikey just got signed by MLW. Really? As a full-time team, so... Good. Good. Okay. I... Yeah, I get it. Like, it's part of me... I vehemently disagree with that one. Part of me um, loved it, right? They, that's that's a great idea for a heel squad. Right. Gimmick. Uh, I knew they were going to be on your list. Yeah. I just felt it. Yeah. I mean, and by the way, they're, they're further up other lists that I've looked up. I think a lot of people... A lot of people hate the spirit this. squad. Yeah, like, it's one of those um, things. Maybe this is sort of the uh, Baron Corbin of this list, where we love it. I love Baron Corbin. So. I miss you, Baron. Yeah. You weren't on Raw this week or last week. I miss you, Baron. <laughs> Wherever you've been, Call pal, me. we support you. Call us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Blah, 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 blah. Four. We did your number five? My number five was the core. My number four is the social outcasts. Um, Honorable mention for me. Okay. Again, another one that lasted... uh, This one was about seven months from January of 2016 to July of 2016. And the way I phrase this is that they don't even have an English Wikipedia page. They will have one in Spanish. I noticed that. (laughs) I noticed that. And here's who it was. Heat Slater... Love you, Eve. Curtis Axel. Love you, Curtis. Bo Dallas. Fuck you. I love Bo. And Adam Rose. And Don't be a lemon. Yeah. Be a rosebud. Right. I actually like um, all four of these guys to varying degrees, but they basically... Yeah, me too, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Rose, shortly after that, had a domestic dispute with his wife and got sent packing. Um but then they said there were four seeds in the dirt waiting to sprout and all stuff like that, which is kind of funny. Um, but they lost their debut match to the Usos, which, which is, is never mean, good. That's I mean, come on, right? Like if if Bray Wyatt as this new character comes out and loses to Finn Balor at SummerSlam, he's cooked. Bury it, right? So it was buried, um, and I mean they did feud with the Wyatts uh, and sort of helped out Ryback, but they were. It wasn't even their feud, right? It was they were helping some other right person. So it was just basically a jobber. They were the precursor to the B team. Yes, yes. 
And the B team ended up just being a tag team. Otherwise, they would probably be on air. Mine too. Yeah, for sure. So, social outcasts. Yeah, can't can't really disagree with that one. Mm -hmm. Four guys that had a ton of potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that might be part of why I left them off my list. Mm-hmm. Like most of my list is a bunch of guys that had no business being together, right. and they sucked, and it sucked. Right, right. Whereas the social outcast was four really good guys that they had no idea what to do with. Right. Um, yep. My number four, however, is the complete opposite of that. <laughs> my number four is the Truth Commission. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Commandant, which was some fat dude. Oh. I, I, well, it was my number two. So Your number two? Yeah, we can... We can yeah, we'll come back to it then. Okay. Yeah. It's bad, yeah. <laughs> your number three. My number three is your number... I forget which one it was. Six, seven, or eight. Um, the, Los Bariquas. Ah, my six. Your six. Uh, it. Basically, this rounds out what I'm calling the... Race Wars of the mid-90s. That's why I put them all together. Yeah. I felt they were all equally terrible. So DOA Nation and Los Bariquas were... I lumped them together. I was going to cheat. Gotcha. I was going to cheat and I, be like the gang warfare groups. I, uh, you know what's funny? As I was putting this together, I was like, Chris is going to put these three together. And I thought about <laughs> it. And, uh, which would have... I, I would have bought that hook, line, and sinker. Because it, that's basically what it was. They were all sort of spin-offs of Nation, of Domination. Savio Vega was a leader. This formed in June of 1997, same month that the Disciples of Apocalypse did. And then they had three... This is the weird thing to me. They had three um, Puerto Rican, or I guess, I don't even know if they were technically Puerto Rican, uh, wrestlers. Miguel Perez, Jose Estrada Jr., and Jesus Costillo. Three fucking legit dudes. Like, they were never going to be world champions, but... Right. They were legit dudes. Right. And what's weird is that they never really... Um, made it, you know, you would think that one of these guys would have a cup of coffee later on with WWE, and they never really did. They 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 had the Los Bariquas stuff. They were part of the WrestleMania 14 Battle Royal. They had the Race Wars, uh, quotation marks, because that's not what they called it. But Gang they, Warfare. They, they, it was like, fucking Race Wars. It was Race Wars, which is really like... We're white, they're black, we're Mexican. Right. It was a race war. It really was. Um... And then Savio Baker got hurt, and then they sent the other three to the Super Astros. And Super Astros, I don't even remember that show. Neither do I. Um, but it was a thing. <laughs> it certainly was a thing. <laughs> they were relegated there until the show ended, and they were all released. So it didn't do much for anybody, um, Savio um, included. His injury didn't hurt. Didn't I- help. Excuse me. I just fucking had a thought in my brain while you were talking, and I completely, I completely left somebody off my list. I'm gonna have to put them down as a uh, honorable mention. Honorable mention, just to. to not fuck up my okay. entire list. But whoo! Oh boy, they might be your number one. They actually. might be. They so might we'll be. We'll see. I thought you were talking about them as your number ten when we started before we started recording. But anyway. Oh, because I said. Because I said how many, ta- how much talent or whatever. Yeah, because you liked a few of the guys. So I think I know who your number one is. Then yeah. okay. it's probably the same as who Pete said his number one was not okay. too long ago. But um, my number three is part of your blind spot: the WCW military group of the Misfits in Action. <laughs> MIA, which is a military term for yeah. missing yeah. missing in action, but these were the Misfits in action. 
They had, I'll go top, bottom yeah. to top, Corporal Cajun, which was Lash LaRue. He was, uh, he was, a, you know, of, you know, Cajun descent, but mm-hmm. he's from New Orleans and talk like that and all that shit. Sergeant AWOL, a.k.a. The Wall. Yeah. Lieutenant Loco, Chavo Guerrero Jr., who's doing like an I'm crazy gimmick. So he's okay. Lieutenant Loco. That's racist. Major Guns, <laughs> which is Tylene Buck, who was yeah. an NWO girl that went on to become like a softcore porn and webcam model. Really? Get it? Major Guns, because yeah, she had maybe. huge boobs. I don't think. I Major don't Stash was Van Hammer, because he was a hippie that liked drugs, man. Have you seen my stash? <laughs> G.I. Bro. That's racist. Do you know who G.I. Bro was? Is it Booker? It was fucking Booker T. Yeah. The five-time world champion <laughs> was G.I. Bro. Yeah. That's insulting. And, of course, Hugh Morris was the leader as General Hugh G. Rection. I should have picked up on this one. We've talked about a few of these people. I mentioned this before yeah. in our worst... Something. Worst gimmicks, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Hugh G-Rection. Hugh G-Rection. What the absolute fuck? <laughs> Seriously? Wow. Wow. You know what's funny to me, and we'll talk about it with my number two, is a military faction makes a lot of sense. You know? They're trained. They're in shape. Like, they're... They're... Um, they're tight. They're a tight-knit group. Yeah. And... It just sucked out loud. Maybe that's why I'm biased. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea who your number one is because you haven't mentioned my number two yet, so I'm very confused. Okay. But we'll get there. Okay. Maybe maybe I have... uh, Maybe your number two is my number one. All right. Well, that's a good one. We'll see. Yeah. Your number two, I believe you said, is the Truth Commission. It is. It is. Speaking of military groups... um, they debuted in 1997 um, as the South African militant group because everyone knows that the South Africans are known for their brute military force. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> it's been revoked. Fuck yeah, they right. weapon too. I, I don't get it. I mean, um, the commandant, by the way... Uh, Wasn't he just some he, dude that was, was friends with Brett? Brett Hart discovered him. Yeah, that's why this, and, that's why this thing sucks so bad. <laughs> And Tank was an original member. You know who Tank is? Mantar. Yes. <laughs> he was replaced by the Jackal. Um, or excuse me, Tank was not. The Commandant was. Don Callis. The fucking Jackal the, rules. The Jackal does rule. Cyrus, but, baby. Right. Uh, and then, of course, um, he actually wanted to get in the ring, but... Vince wanted him as a mouthpiece, and then it was Kurgan, the interrogator, the main. He was the big guy. Yep. And then they had a tag team, uh, Recon and Sniper. Now, Bill Bull. Yeah, one of them was Bull Buchanan, yep. and the other was some schmuck that never really made it. Yeah, he was. He also went by Mercenary and Rambo, but he didn't really do much. Um, they basically, they're actually credited as being around till 1999, at least as a tag team. Um, but they flamed out so bad and jobbed out so hard that they didn't even need... Like, a lot of these other groups had some type of blow-off or, like, the, the two or three remaining guys got in a fight. Right. They never even just addressed that. Sniper and Recon just disappeared, right? And the Jackal was paired up with Kurgan. 
Right. Oh, <laughs> But you can't... Kurgan is like a... He's like a legit seven-footer or so. and, and uh, Oh, beyond that. Yeah. He was fucking huge. He was enormous, and he was just getting jobbed out like Giant Gonzalez. So it was oh, yeah. tough. It was tough. Um, speaking of getting jobbed out, is that your number one? It is, but I'll let you do okay. it because I've been talking a lot. So <laughs> my number two, your number one, is the Job Squad. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. Is wow. the Job Squad bad? Um, fuck, let's look. Al Snow. Now, talk about a, a, a group with talent. Yeah. Which now, that's why I was the yeah. one. Talk about a group with fucking talent. Too Cold Scorpio, a.k.a. Flash Funk. Yep. Trembley's buddy. Hardcore Bob Hawley. Yep. Al Snow. Yep. Gilberg. <laughs> and Harry Funk. Yeah. Like, talk about a quality, and they had the Blue Mini for a while. Yeah. Talk about a quality group. Yep. But and here's, I mean, here's why it's so bad, and I'm assuming why it's your number one. They're a group predicated on the fact that they lost all the time. Right, right. We're a group of guys that lose. <laughs> and the second they win, that shit goes out the window. Yeah. It's, uh, just over broke is what the acronym supposedly Stood for because they were always on the prelim matches and Sunday Night Heat and whatnot. Um, they all got tossed within seconds in the 1999 Rumble. Um, their their big pay per view match was at Rock Bottom, and they lost to the Brood. Of course. <laughs> and here's why they're number one of the reasons they're number one for me. Uh, in addition to what you just said, they debuted in November of 1998. They were disbanded by February of 1999. That's fucking four months, man. That's not a long time, especially in wrestling lore, where, you know, you, we only see you once a week. Right. I mean, that's that's like a, that's like a day, you know? Yeah, especially now. It's like, oh, what, what the fuck? Right. What, what was it? Right. I mean, they did manage to capture the WWF Hardcore Championship mm-hmm. twice and the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship once. Yeah. So... They were yeah. more successful than most of the stables we've talked about. That's very true. Gilborg was the light heavyweight champion. Um, but other than that, fuck. Yeah. Bad. Right. Um, my number one, which was your number six, is the Human Oddities. Everyone comes oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Bad. The Jackal, who we just talked about. Yeah. Golga. Who was Earthquake, mm-hmm. Giant Silva, Luna Vachon, Kurgan, yes. Sable, the Insane Clown <laughs> Posse, and George the Animal Steel. What the absolute fuck? Talk about a bunch of losers. Well, see, uh, the- minus, minus Golga, who was Earthquake in a mask. And Sable actually was probably a good rub for them because she was... Say what you want about her, but she was old. she was white hot at that time. I guess <laughs> she was WrestleMania fourteen. The two biggest pops are Sable and Austin, in my opinion. If we go back and watch it, she I'd is, have to go back and pop. I mean, over. yeah, she was. But I, but she was only with them for about like a a week. Cup and of coffee. It was like when uh, Cena joined the the Nexus. Nexus or yeah, you know. 
Um, I mean, oh, they Daniel Bryan. they debuted in ni- May of '98. They 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 disbanded in 1999, so yeah. they lasted quite a while. Yeah, but like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> they were bad. Yeah, and they all got released together, by the way, in 1999. That's at a boy, Vince. <laughs> not, not a good sign. That's Everybody, a, you're fired. Right. Their biggest feud was with the headbangers, the right? Headbangers, and which I love the headbangers. Yeah, but they were basically a freak show circus group, and, and you know that's what wrestling was getting away from. That's like the carny, the bad rep type thing of. Back in the day. Right. And Look at all the freaks. Right. To have it come up um, and, and basically be like, these people are all weird. Let's, look, yeah. let's point at them and laugh at them. And, they were the point and laugh segment. And yeah. it's just like, fuck. And, the, the, uh, and, and, and Golga carried the Cartman doll around and, and stuff like poor, that. Poor John Tenta. Yeah, he got like some Christ on a bike. <laughs> Let the man take off the mask and kick some ass. Right. Right. Yeah. So which one did you forget? So I, I just wrote them down as an honorable mention. So my honorable mentions are as follows. The Million Dollar Corporation, Same with Ted DiBiase's group. Yeah. The League of Nations. Yeah. Which I want to love the League of Nations. Yeah. But Pete hates them because he hates Seamus. Yeah. Peter Carapostas, Mr. 305 lied to himself, couldn't join us tonight. But he told us how much he hates the League of Nations, which was Seamus, Rusev, Lana, Wade Barrett, and Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Talent, um, though. Like Talented. That, yeah, that's why I couldn't put him on there. And it's it's actually a pretty good idea, like, for a, yeah. you know, an anti-U.S. Barrett operation. asked for his release, and then yeah. they just kind of, you know, yeah. bumble-fucked it after that. Yeah. The Social Outcasts. Yeah. The York Foundation, which is a WCW group where Marlena carried around a laptop in, like, 1992 and would use... You actually like this. She would use statistics and numbers to determine the best maneuvers to win matches. Really? She's kind of like Billy Bean. Yeah. This is Moneyball at a whole other level. Yeah. But it was like terrific Terrence Taylor, Bobby Eaton, wow. Mike Rotunda. You know, a veritable who cares of guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> DX06 made my honorable mentions. Yeah. And the one I forgot, fucking Kai and Tai. Evil. Oh, yeah. Forgot all about Kai and Tai. Yeah, I forgot. Like I, I picture them more as a tag team. I guess is why I didn't think of them. But uh, yeah, that's that's not a good one. So when we were talking about the race wars, I was like, yeah, we had the white guys, the black right. guys, the Mexican guys. All we forgot was the Asian guys. Right. So it was like Kai and Tai, right. Dick to Go, Men's Tayo, Sharu, Takamichi Noko, Funaki. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes they also had Superboy, Hanzo Nakajima, Yoshio Tajiri. Oh, yeah. Grand Hamada and Mr. Yamaguchi's on. Oh, yes. Was that the same group that uh, Choppy Choppy the Pee? Yes, that's who Choppy Choppy the Pee Pee. Wow. Um, oh, that wasn't nice of them. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, there's not one guy. Well, maybe Tajiri was. I'm not Tajiri, yeah. Funaki? Yeah. Some. I was going to say there's not one over 200 pounds, but I, th- I think. Uh, I mean, Dick to go. Or Togo. So his name, his last name is is spelled T O G O. Bruce Pritchard, Pritchard calls him Dick to Go. Yeah, I think it's actually pronounced Togo, but I hope so. He sounds like a like a cheap escort menu item. But he was he was five seven two fourteen, so he was wow. he was kind of built. Um, Men's tail. He was the guy that had like the bleach blonde hair. Yeah, 
His name translates into English as Terry Boy. <laughs> so do what you will with that. Wow. Well, we yeah, that's a bad one. How about your uh, honorable mentions? Did we cover all? We of covered them. them. Um, the Million Dollar Corporation and, and the Union up yours. Million Dollar Million Dollar Corporation was disappointing because I think DiBiase is so talented. The whole but group just, was talented yeah, as hell, man. I it mean, was just a that was like the ultimate like. We have nothing for these four or five guys. Let's just put them there together. Let's feed them to the Undertaker. Is right. essentially what they did. Right. Because right. you had Tataka, Kama Mustafa, the supreme fighting machine. Yeah. King Kong Bundy, Nikolai Volkov, right. IRS. Right. Fake under or evil Undertaker. Um, <laughs> was that everybody in that group? I think so. I think. I think you got them. So. Um, Brian Fredrickson wrote in and he said DX. Of course he would say DX. <laughs> the whole DX? You, Brian hates, is not a Shawn Michaels guy. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I, I actually don't disagree with him, but I couldn't put him on the list. I mean, compared to all these other The ones. original DX was great. Rick Rude. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, even China. the other DX with, yeah. Ch- with the Outlaws and X-Pac were great. Yeah. Um. And Kyle Ritchie wrote in and said, Los Bariquas. They were together for a couple years and didn't win anything, if I recall. Love them, though. That's why I don't want to include them. Because <laughs> Kyle loves their theme song. Really? Like any any real true-blooded American would love yeah. the Los Bariquas theme song. Um, wow. So that's our list. So, you know, I'd, I'd have to say, by looking at it, the Job Squad makes the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. The Truth Commission makes the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. We both had Los Bariquas on our list. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's three. We matched on one, the two, three, four, five, six. So we had seven. Wow. We shared seven. Um, you know, you had Spirit Squad, Social Outcasts, and DX. I had MIA, Union, and NWOB team. So, yeah, Job Squad, Truth Commission, Los Bariquas, and the Human Oddities. That is your Mount Rushmore of terrible stables not called the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. The Million Dollar Corporation, real quick, um, lasted, they debuted May 16th, 1994, and disbanded May 28th, 1996. So, two years. Mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase's Undertaker, Nikolai Volkov, Erwin Arshiser, Bam Bam Bigelow, Tatanka, King Kong Bundy, The Ringmaster, Steve Austin, Kama, 123 Kid, Santa Claus, and Psycho Sid. So I am officially taking them <laughs> off my honorable mentions yes, list. Yes, I forgot about The Million Dollar Sid. Corporation is amazing. Because, yeah, I forgot. I forgot about Sid. Austin, Sid, and the Kid. Right, stunning Steve Austin. Good stuff. Good stuff. So I apologize, Ted. Yeah. Your group is not on my list. Right. Yeah. They're gone. They're gone. So that's just gonna, just about going to do it for us here on episode 34. Yeah. Mr. Strem, it is your turn. Yes. Do you have episode 35 locked, cocked, and ready to go? I don't. You don't? I don't. I was thinking about it today, and I was blanking. Okay. So... Uh, we'll throw it out to the people, see if there's any ideas, but I'll, I'll think of something in the meantime. Um, I try to make it something related to um, 
what's going on right now. Right, what we've been experiencing. I was thinking of the Ring of Honor stars and stuff. Like that. I just don't know enough. So about we hit that. top ten SummerSlam main events not too long ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe last. I think summer. we did all matches, right? Did we do top ten SummerSlam about, matches? Uh, Bret Hart versus um, Mr. Perfect, and we talked about um, some others that were not. Title matches. Well, we're going to see Heavy Machinery tomorrow. Maybe they'll come up with an episode. So yeah. stay tuned. I'm just looking real quick at every episode we've do- done so far because I have it on my phone. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, top 10 SummerSlam matches. So we hit that already. Yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned. Um, and we will we'll see you with something. next time. Might be the two of us, might be six or seven of us. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with yeah. 10 Count Wrestling. Yeah, and keep your eyes out for, or ears out for the bonus episode, by the way. Yep, we did a bonus episode with Lewis, sort of. Um, we watched and recorded the 2003 Royal Rumble match. I got an idea. You got an idea. Here we go. I knew it. I knew if I said a couple words, you'd come up with something. Or maybe we should save it. I was going to say the top 10 Royal Rumble matches of the... Of the 30-man matches. Ooh. But maybe we should save that for the Rumble time of the year. Okay. So stay tuned. We might do that. Maybe. So we'll... I was thinking of, not, not that you bring that, I was thinking of one. I was thinking about the streak and how overrated I think the streak is. Mm-hmm. Top 10 Undertaker mania. Matches? Matches or opponents because he's wrestled a couple guys more than once. Let's do that. Top 10... Yeah, Taker, opponent, Taker Mania opponents. Because I feel like Undertaker might actually retire somewhat soon. So, top ten Undertaker Mania opponents. I think there's more good than bad, so... Yeah. Cool. We'll line up a lot on that, too, I'm sure. We will. And maybe 305 Live will be with us. Yeah. So, we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy SummerSlam next week. He is... The 10th wonder of the world. I am the man who got expelled from the old school. Happy birthday, Stephanie. We're never going to hear this. From Montreal to Memphis, I live in Prague.